BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ladies and gentlemen, daily intermission listeners, it is Greg back in studio. It is episode 31 of season three. And ladies and gentlemen, I am the coldest sports better on the planet right now and I do apologize. My wild card Saturday and Sunday were some of the worst NFL bets I've ever placed in my entire life. I tried to throw up kind of a, a little prayer heater on on Sunday night to get things back on track. Didn't hit. Um but I mean obviously I should have known. I mean, you know, you you forecast these games to be such blowouts. We'll get into all this all the uh, in quarter one, I should say. But you forecast all of these games to be such blowouts, and and uh, you know you see injuries and new quarterbacks playing, and you know the defenses come to play. You know, it's just it football's a much tighter game in the playoffs, and I mean some of these games were very surprising to me. But we'll get into that in quarter one, quarter two. We'll get into the NBA, quarter three. We've got some NHL action in quarter four. Close out with the PGA Tour. Uh, but continuing on in the pregame show, uh, I did want to mention to hop on the Chalkboard app. I do believe that every single person that listens to the podcast is in the Chalkboard app. But if you're not, download the Chalkboard app. Download the Daily Intermission board, uh, pay, or, download, or download the app and join the Daily Intermission board. Unbelievable sports talk. We're talking bets. We're talking during the games. I'm getting the wheels tripped off of me because I'm the cooler that I'm on. Uh, so it's a great time. So get in there and start mixing it up in the Chalkboard app. So the story I have for the pregame show, uh, once I finished my undergrad degree at Acadia University, um, you know, it comes a point in time where, you know, everybody I think has this mo- moment in life where they really have no idea what they want to do with their life. Um, so I decided to go out to Jasper Park Lodge, which is a, Jasper is a very rural kind of national park um, in northern Alberta, close to the BC border. So it's like... I know a lot of you guys aren't going to know Canadian geography, but if you go to Edmonton and go four hours west and go to Calgary and go five hours north, it's in the middle of nowhere, and it's a beautiful place. It's a national park. The golf course is ranked second in Canada. It's a beautiful place. I highly recommend going to check out Jasper. Banff, obviously, I think is probably more famous. It's about three hours south of Jasper. But Jasper is just truly an incredible place. Like There's grizzly bears on the golf course. It's it's a remarkable just piece of scenery. It's you're surrounded by the Rocky Mountains. It's beautiful, and I had never been. So obviously, it was an, you know, it was an exciting time for me. It was an emotional time uh, leaving university and going out there. Um, but on my way out, I stopped in Edmonton. Edmonton, bit of a shithole. I think that's kind of the you know renowned um, you know <laughs> review on 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 Edmonton. It's it's not the most you know, sought after city to visit in, in Canada, but they do have the West Edmonton mall. So the West Edmonton mall is the biggest mall we have in Canada. It's gigantic. I'm pretty sure that there's like five Aldo shoes in it. It's like, there's an amusement park. It's, it's absolutely gigantic water park. Um, but there's also a skating rink in the, in, in the mall, but the skating rink is kind of like, like there's like three levels above it that can view it. 
and uh it's like wide open like to like there's no glass like you can kind of just like lean over the boards and watch like it wouldn't be regulation like you could never host a hockey game in there but i do believe they play the brick tournament in there like the nine-year-old like world famous nine-year-old tournament i think they host some games in there anyway so i get in there and i'm browsing around and i you know i'm not doing much shopping but i i'm like how like i i'm looking at this rank and i'm like how you know i might pop on here so i go over to the guy it's completely empty and luckily it was free skate. I rented a pair of skates. I popped in my earbuds and I went hero mode for like half an hour doing laps, backwards skating. And it was maybe the milkiest scene that rink has ever seen. I'm getting views from people like, what? Who is this character? Just absolutely hustling crossovers, flying around this rink for half an hour. Anyway, you know, I'm sending out winks and waves, pretending like I'm a somebody. Anyway, this is, it was just the most obnoxious event. Um, my time in Jasper was incredible. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's my, that's my time of renting a pair of skates and buzzing around the arena at West Edmonton Mall, like a complete baboon. Um, but I also checked out the strip clubs there. Um, you know, what else did I do in Edmonton? I stayed at the, the Hotel McDonald, which is the Fairmont there. I was working for Fairmont and Jasper as well. They've got a beautiful resort there. The beautiful thing about working for Fairmont too is that when you work for Fairmont, then you can go to their other properties and stay for like a hundred bucks a night. So like we're talking about like the, the cream of the crop hotels in, in, in Canada and in the, you know, across the United States, across the world, really. Um, the, the hotel chain, like, like I would assume that professional teams, professional sports teams, they're staying at Fairmont's when they go on the road. Um, but I got to go check out the, the Hotel McDonald and, and, uh, Banff as well. So like, if you go with a buddy, it's like 50 bucks a night, plus you get 50% off food and beverage. It's just, it's incredible. So the, uh, so I ended up working at Fairmont, obviously later on during my MBA, I went up to, uh, to Whistler and worked at the golf course there. So I've got a, a, a solid background with Fairmont. Um, but, but Jasper, write that down. That's a, that's on your bucket list folks is to go check out or even Google the golf course. Uh, such a tremendous golf course and uh, Stanley Thompson design. Pretty good. But nevertheless, let's get into quarter one, folks. It's NFL, and obviously it was a super wild card weekend. And we start things off on Saturday, which I had given out Seattle as plus nine and a half. And I know that a lot of people in the chat board were kind of tailing me, and not only tailing me, had that same narrative. You know, these two teams know each other very well. It didn't sound like the weather was going to be fantastic. The weather ended up being not really a factor. And the one guy that I really wanted to see how he was going to react in the situation of the playoff football was Brock Purdy. Obviously, the last overall pick. We wanted to see how this guy was going to play. Well, he shoved a broomstick directly at my rear end and played really well. I mean, Brock Purdy looked fantastic. I mean, threw for over 300 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, took care of the ball. They had this one play. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but it was a post route over the middle to Ayuk. They hit it twice, and then it looked like George Kittle had that same route. Like, the middle of the football field was just wide open, and and um, Brock Purdy hit Ayuk for two big gainers and Kittle on, on a similar route. Um, but it was uh, at half, I was feeling pretty good. I mean, 16-14 uh, for Seattle, or uh, for San Francisco, and then right off the get-go in the third quarter, Seattle kicks a field goal and takes the lead back. So I'm like, okay, if we flip-flop back and forth, like even if Seattle wins the, or even if San Francisco wins this game, we're gonna we're gonna stay within that 9.5 uh, range. And did things ever go south? I mean, the next drive, Geno Smith gets stripped, Nick Bosa pops on it. It's a 41-23 final, and. 
things aren't looking good and things continued on this trend for the rest of the weekend. But yeah, so obviously San Francisco, they're, they're a complete wagon. Their defense is phenomenal. They fly around the football field and they're they're I mean, their offense is just, it's incredible. Um, you know, Brock Purdy has been, you know, more than serviceable. He's been fantastic, quite frankly. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously we know what he brings to the table. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. It's just... It really is. A, it's going to be a force to be reckoned with, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what their matchup brings. But um, yeah, man, the San Francisco 49ers crushed the spread and also dismantled the Seattle Seahawks. I will say a surprising season from the Seattle Seahawks. If I was going to, you know, revert back to the NFL preview show, I didn't think that Seattle was going to have this type of season. I actually quite. I thought they were going to have a brutal season. Um, Geno Smith surprised a lot of people, set the passing record for Seattle Seahawks, for the Seattle Seahawks organization, most passing yards in the season. So you got to tip your cap to the organization. I think Pete Carroll will return. Uh, obviously, Kenneth Walker had a great year as well, rookie running back. So uh, DK Metcalf was a beast in that game as well. When he dropped in the bucket there in the first half, I was torqued. But um, yeah, San Francisco. So then we move to the Niner, and this is when things get fucking insane. Okay, so I'm on the Chargers minus three, and I don't. This is or minus two and a half, and this is not the the renowned pick. It seemingly was Jacksonville. It seemed like everybody that I was talking to was on Jacksonville, and deep down, I wanted to see Jacksonville win. I just thought that the Chargers had the more experienced team, the more mature team, and I talked about this on my narrative, and I thought Jacksonville had exceeded expectations, and that the playoffs would be you know good enough for them, and things started off really well. It seemed like every single drive. Trevor Lawrence would drop back and find Asante Samuel Jr., corner for the Chargers. He threw four interceptions in the first half, and it, it, you know, it's a complete blowout. So it's 27-0, but at the end of the half, the Jaguars go down and scores. 27-7 at the half, and that is kind of an uneasy score. Like that is The game is not out of reach by any means. 20 points is not out of reach in the NFL, and I was kind of feeling a comeback. And not, not to say that I was predicting it, but I knew the game wasn't over. And I posted that in the chalkboard app. This is not over yet. And Trevor had a great second half, threw for three touchdowns, stayed poised. But I'm looking at this Chargers team. Like, put the game away. Obviously, the missed field goal hurt. And the Jaguars going for two to make it a two-point game. Just truly incredible, man. I mean, what a story. What a comeback. What a blown lead by the Los Angeles Chargers. And you have to wonder, what is Brandon Staley's job? Is he is he going to be sticking around in Los Angeles? I mean, they cannot be happy about losing. I mean, the Chargers have had such a shitty history and have just been notorious for choking in the playoffs. But you thought that that might have changed under, you know, with the with the Justin Herbert regime, but that certainly wasn't the case. And now Jacksonville, they're moving on and they will play Kansas City Chiefs, and I mean, is it the making of a Cinderella story? Who knows? We shall see, but Jacksonville with a huge, huge comeback win on Saturday night. I think that that just shocked the entire world that they came back and won that. I actually read online, somebody put $1.4 million on a live bet on the Chargers to win twelve grand when they were up 27 nothing. Like I, I've, I, I, I feel for that guy. Somebody's got to do a little bit more research into that because can you imagine if that guy put like his life savings on the Chargers to make a quick twelve G's to say, oh, listen, like the wife and I will go on a nice trip or something, and he's he's gonna be Delonte West two point oh, like what? What are you thinking? 
Like, oh man, that's so. It's my. I get gutted thinking about that. I would never do that. Like, clearly, I mean, you know, you got to sports bet responsibly. But like, if you're thinking for like a quick way to like, you know, up some like a big sum of cash, one point four million to twelve grand, and you lose it. Like, you'd have to think that that guy put a lot of his life savings into that. Anyway, my 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 thoughts and prayers go out to whoever the individual was who decided that that was a good idea. All right, we'll move on to Sunday. The Finns played the Bills in the afternoon game. Again, I thought the Bills were going to blow the fucking wheels off these guys. Um, Scholar Thompson was starting for the uh, for the uh, for the Dolphins, and you know the Bills, and they came out they came out hot. The Bills they're up to fourteen nothing before you know it. Uh, I'm thinking, okay, this is a this is a locked in bet. I'm feeling a bit better than I did Saturday from getting rinsed twice, and it ended up being such a barn burner. The, man, the Finns were leading at some points during the game. I mean, it was tied at half, 17-17. It ended up being a shootout, 34-31. Obviously, the Bills ended up winning. But, I mean, we look at this game in regulation. Like, Mike McDaniels, there's a there's a minute left. It's fourth and one. They they called the wrong play because they thought it was a first down. Like, it was a huge mess. Like, the Finns could have won this game, which really worries me moving forward for the Buffalo Bills. Like, this is an opportunity just to stomp them. But I think we should give the Dolphins' defense some credit. They've got a lot of good guys who can play, and they were flying around. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. It's going to be Bills uh, hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, and um, which we'll get into. But, I mean, in all honesty... I didn't. I wasn't impressed at all with the Bills. Like you, they weren't flying around. They weren't as dominant as I was expecting them to be. And I, you know, you can give all the credit you want to the to the Miami Dolphins. You got to take care of this team in more dominating fashion, and mainly because I've got you at minus thirteen. <sighs> unbelievable! It was truly unbelievable. <laughs> and then we get into the Giants and the Vikings, the fraud, the fraud bowl, and Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. So we fast forward. Daniel Jones, actually, I'm going to tip my cap to Daniel Jones because he looked fantastic. He, he's, a, he's a lot more of a mobile quarterback than people give him. Saquon Barkley looked fantastic. Uh, Darius Slayton was great. I mean, and this number 18 individual, uh, Hodgins, what a game he had. I hadn't even seen this guy play my entire life, and he was buzzing. Great mitts, toes in. He had a great game. I th- I've, got, you know, I've got this kind of this, this feeling brewing. That the New York Giants might they might be feeling like a little bit of a Cinderella run here. We'll see. We'll see. But anyway, the Vikings ended up losing at home to the to the New York Giants. The New York Giants moving on. They'll take on the Philadelphia Eagles, a nice NFC East matchup. But I mean, come on. Like is Kurt, like what like what are Minnesota Vikings fans feeling today? So you you've got you got a minute and a half on the clock. You're driving the field to tie this game. You're down by a touchdown. It's fourth and six or fourth and eight. And Kirk Cousins throws a drag route, a drag route over the middle to TJ Hawkinson, and he was like three yards up the field. Like it just seemed like he was so honed in on TJ Hawkinson that whole game for good reason. Hawkinson had a fantastic game, um, but it's just like when you're on, when you're at fourth down, you got to at least attempt to the line that you got to get to. Like you can't trust that Hawkinson is going to break that tackle and run five yards. It was such a demoralizing loss for the for the Minnesota Vikings, and you'd have to think like, is this is that it for Kirk? Like he had a great season, but like you can't you can't just get dusted in the first round of the playoffs. And oh man, it, it you hate to see it for a team that finally 
surpasses Green Bay, finally takes down the division in the NFC North, and then just loses in that fashion. Your quarterback, you like that. Two chains, Kirk. Can't sniff the first down on fourth down. Tough scene there. What was I on? Yes, I was on the Vikings minus three. So I was 0 for 4. And the cherry on top. A push. Because I did get on the Cincinnati Bengals minus seven at... It was like Tuesday. I posted in the chalkboard app. Make sure you get on the. Uh, that was when Lamar pretty much announced that he wasn't going to play. Uh, we didn't. We didn't know about Huntley. Um, sorry, I just had to adjust my mic there. Um, we didn't know about Huntley, so I was like, I posted in the chalkboard app. I was like, all right, folks, we have to get on the Bengals minus seven here, and it was a push. So I was zero four and one in the NFL spreads this week. Um, you know, I, I, I can feel through the listeners headphones and, and radios. If you're driving, what do you have to say for yourself, Greg? And I mean, we can even move to the golf scene where I, all of my three best bets missed the cut. Like it, it's not a good feeling folks. Like it's really not. It's, uh, I'm not seeing the board right now and you know why? I don't know what I'm going to do to change it up. I don't know what I'm going to do to kind of break the slump. Um, it might be the, I might have to just go sit at a local bar and just get absolutely tuned and kind of just look at the board for the next few days and just kind of come up with some narratives. I'm not sure what it's going to look like, um, but I'm hesitant to look at this Monday night game and give out a confident bet because obviously I'm on a cooler and it happens in sports betting. I mean, okay, we'll get into the Sunday nighter quickly. So the Ravens, the Ravens D is phenomenal. They are a really scary unit. And Marcus Peters, I mean, that guy's a fucking lunatic. Marlon Humphrey's f- phenomenal. This team is is really going to be a, a handful in years to come. Um, you know, this Kyle Hamilton figure from, from Notre Dame, great safety. And, I mean, they brought in Roquan Smith playing with Patrick Queen. <laughs> side to side, these are two of the most athletic linebackers in the league. Like, this defense is going to be freakish for years to come. And... It's gonna be it's it's gonna be a little shocking if if, if Lamar leaves, but I, that's on the table. But I do think that you know they could bring in a quarterback like a Derek Carr or someone that's going to be serviceable enough that this defense is going to be able to take this team you know a long ways. Uh, but it, it's this game is just it's tied 17-17. and Huntley going to score fumbles the ball on the one, and the Bengals take it back to the end zone, win by a touchdown for the push, but. What an incredible game. All of these games for the weekend, the Phils, uh, the Bills, Finns, Ravens, Bengals. And we look even, you know, they're just so much closer than I expected them to be. And, um, I mean, the Chargers, Jacksonville, obviously a one-point game, but just some really tight matchups. Incredible, incredible wildcard weekend. I know you guys enjoyed it, but now we look the Monday Nighter. Bucks, Cowboys. Tom Brady's never lost to the Cowboys. I think that stat means nothing. But a stat that I do like is Tom Brady in the playoffs. And this Bucks team, you know, obviously they haven't looked fantastic at all this year, but they do have a lot of potential. And what's potential worth in the NFL? Well, nothing. But we'll see. The Cowboys haven't looked great either. They, I mean, 26 to 6 loss against Washington on, on their last week, and most of their starters were playing. I said last episode, the key to success for the Bucks is to eat up that run game. They have to stop the run. And they do. They've got some they've got some 
interior lineman that, that can really, you know, mix it up in there. I'm on the box. I'm on the box money line. The Cowboys are favorite. I think the move, the lines moved to two and a half. I should check on that. But are you going to tell me? Well, you can't because the episode's going to be out tomorrow. But just know it, the line's at two and a half. Two and a half point favorites, favorites for the Cowboys. But as you as we all know, I'm on the Bucks money line. Actually, right now I've got a parlay going the Bruins money line and the and the Colorado Avalanche puck line. So if that hits, I'll be feeling a bit better about myself. I also just hit a a, a college parlay that the pick doctor just put in the chalkboard app. So I'm starting to I'm starting to feel a bit better about you know maybe getting things back on track. But I'm on the Bucks. Yes, it's due to the fact that I love Tom Brady. Super excited for Monday Night Football. But what an incredible weekend of football it's been. And, um, you know, I just wasn't seeing the board. And uh, I think I'm going to have to reevaluate things uh, moving forward for next weekend. Maybe have a few callers into the podcast to really break down the games. Talk maybe some sense into me. Maybe give me some other narratives to, to, to chat with. Uh, so we'll see there. We'll monitor that. But Monday Night Football tonight. Excited about it. Incredible game. Incredible weekend in the NFL. And, uh, and excited to move forward. All right, folks, let's move into quarter two NBA. And we got LeBron James, fastest player to 38,000 points. That's no real surprise because he's been the fastest to every 1,000-point milestone, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, all the way up to 38,000. And now he's only 300 and some points, some odd points behind Wilt Chamberlain for the most points of all time in NBA history. And clearly LeBron... I don't know where LeBron stands in terms of sports fans and, and how much greatness they respect of LeBron. Um, should he be in the GOAT conversation? Of course. Is he the GOAT? I'm not sure. See, I've been back and forth in this argument for so long, and I do believe that as LeBron passes this milestone in the next 10, 20 games, that this is really going to be a topic of discussion and it's going to be talked about on a lot of sports shows and, and I think even the boys on TNT might talk about it. Sorry about that, folks. I just I just got off track, way off track. I uh, had a good, one of my good buddies um, FaceTime in. I thought it was going to maybe chat for a bit, but it wasn't hooked up to the roadcaster. And anyway, the LeBron and MJ debate is going to be fantastic. But it is worth noting the Lakers are looking in at free agent Myers Leonard. And if we forget about Myers Leonard, he was the center on the heat. And he was gaming. He, he did his gaming thing on Twitch and had some anti-Semitic remarks. Um, I forget what he called somebody. But he called someone a you know a, you know a terrible term. And, and obviously, he was out of the league. He, got, his, he lost his... He got kicked off the heat and he hasn't been back in the league. So, the, of course, the Lakers are working him out and... I mean, we'll see what happens. I, honestly, I think Myers Leonard, I used to follow his wife. And, sorry, I'm just taking a drink of water. And, and in all honesty, she was a fairly good storyteller. Great storyteller. And she used to kind of just, she used to tell the story about her and how, how her and Myers Leonard met. And I think it might have been a fucking 30 video story. And every time I was like, I was kind of captivated by it. I was like, you know what? She's, she's hot and I'll listen to it. Um, so anyway, uh, Myers Leonard might be back in the league. The Lakers are going to work him out. Um, not oftentimes we're talking about, uh, you know, a plethora of white guys in the NBA, but Mac McClung, a guy who plays in the G league is going to, he's accepted an invitation to the dunk contest. So he's going to start, he's going to, um, you know, come up and join the dunk contest. And I, and personally, I think that's a complete joke. Um, I hate how they do this event. Like John Morant, get in there. LeBron, 
get in there. You've never done one. Like I think the mega stars of the NBA should be in this in this competition. Like it's just unbelievable to me that that nobody wants to do the dunk contest. Is it because of the pressure? Is it because of you know what people might think? Like I don't get why the mega stars of the NBA, the guys with the massive hops, the the superstars aren't in the dunk contest. Like it, it blows my mind. Does anybody have an answer for me? I don't get why that that's the case. So Max McClung or Mac McClung, uh, what individual? He went to Georgetown. I mean, we've seen this guy on social media for a long time. He's been kind of a, he's been you know showing off his his hops and his dunks for a long, long time now. So he'll probably pull off something cool. But I just think that like, why are you pulling up a guy from the G League when you've got a league full of freaks that can go up and dunk? Like I, for me, it's just it's a bit of a joke. Anyway, we'll see what Mac McClung has uh, come uh, All-Star Weekend in the NBA, the dunk comp dust. I've got to write a formal letter in the NBA, Adam Silver. said, buddy, this is a joke. So remember last episode, I was talking about the prospects. I was talking about the dumpster fires of the league, talking about the Pistons, talking about OKC, talking about Houston. And I was like, okay, I got to dive into the prospects here. Just kind of take a, just a brief look at, you know, what we got coming into the league. Um... So we got, obviously, Victor Wembeyama, the, the center. He's playing in the G League. He's going to be a freak nature. He's the renowned first overall pick. He's going first. So, so whoever gets the first overall pick going to have a fantastic center in Victor. Then you get Scoot Henderson. He's a point guard. He's playing in the G League right now. From all accounts, he's fantastic. I don't think he's played a whole a whole bunch. But from what, I, from what I'm reading that, you know, in the seven games or eight games that he's played this year, he's looked great. He's averaging over 20 points. Scoot Henderson, guy is going to go projected second overall. Which... I look at the teams that are going to be around the basement. I don't know if like point guard is is like the most needed position, but anyway, you got Eamon Thompson out of the overtime elite league. It's funny. So the top three prospects all not in the NCAA. So you know that really reinforces the fact that the route to the NBA is really evolving. And with these you know new kind of privatized leagues, the overtime elite, the G League, obviously under the NBA, but it's not uh, not always the sought after route, which I mean, if I were an NBA or future NBA player, I would definitely uh, be mixing it up uh, at college. Um, but then we've got a couple other guys, um, an individual, uh, Brandon Miller from Alabama um, and Cam Whitmore from Villanova. So Cam Whitmore, that's a, definitely a guy that we'll get um, immersed with come March, uh, see what he's all about. And Brandon Miller from Alabama. Um, and I do want to talk about Alabama. Interesting story here. So this individual, Darius Miles, was playing for Alabama. And uh, I guess last week they announced that he would miss the remainder of the season with an ankle injury. Well, he was arrested with murder charges this weekend. He shot a girl to death on the like strip, the main bar strip uh, for the University of Alabama. Like, what? I don't know if gang ties or I'm not going to dive into that, but I'm sure more information will come up with that. But Darius Miles, a guy, a former teammate of Brandon Miller, who's going to go top five in the NBA draft, is charged with murder. And just finally, folks, I released a TikTok video. A guess the athlete video. You know how I like to do guess the athletes, and you know how it's my most famous segment on TikTok. Well, we did Carl Malone, and I was guessing Carl Malone, and I got Carl Malone. But the hint was like something about a twelve-year-old girl, and I had no idea what that reference was. So I dove into it, and Carl Malone, when he was in college. At Louisiana, Louisiana Tech, Louisiana State, he impregnated a 13-year-old girl, the mailman, the third all-time leading scorer in the NBA's history, impregnated a 13-year-old. 
I was astonished to hear that. Anyway, the guy ended up going on to play in the NBA. This 13-year-old's kid. But he abandoned them anyway. It, it's just, it, it, what a dirtbag. I was so surprised to hear that. Um, and I'm not sure why it's not really more of a narrative. You'd think like, I mean, you think about all the things that people make jokes about, and I see them all the time on my TikTok with Aaron Hernandez and Henry Ruggs, and the people are just ruthless. And then you never really hear that, a narrative that he... I mean, I'm not even going to say it, but anyway, it's just, it's unbelievable. Carl Malone, you're an absolute dirtbag. Darius Miles, charged with murder. Those are some prospects. All right, folks, let's move into quarter three. We've got some NHL chatter and hockey night in Canada. I was fired up. Saturday was was wonderful for sports. We had, you know, two NFL games. I had the Bruins Leafs on the mix. I was watching the UFC fights. I had just a bunch of stuff in rotation. Uh, the Bruins ended up winning 4-3. Um, and I think that, that, that we could see that matchup. Um, I don't think, it, obviously, we can't see it in the first round. I do believe the Bruins are going to go on and win that Atlantic division. It's probably going to be Toronto and Tampa Bay. Uh, I think there it's in the 90 percentage chance that Tampa Bay and Toronto play will play each other in the first round. Um, but that second round matchup, I mean, who doesn't like Bruins-Leafs? It was a great game. I was I was impressed by the Leafs. Uh, I really was. Um, you know, they look good. Matt Murray hit some great saves. Um, and the Bruins announced after the game that they had signed Pavel Zaka to a four-year deal worth $4.25 million. So that's a that's a big, big deal for, uh, you know, that's the Bruins are going to have to move forward because they're, you know, Marshall's coming to the end of his career. I think Bergeron will probably hang him up after this year. Krejci will probably hang him up after this year. Uh, today is David Krejci's 2000th game. They're playing in the afternoon on Martin Luther King Day. Um, but Zaka, it's a nice signing for the Bruins. Um, and he's got two goals today on Martin Luther King Day. I'm recording as the game's going on, um, but he's got two big, two goals and an assist already, so it's a nice, uh, it's a nice little um, way to start off. The new contract obviously won't st- set in until next year, but um, but the Bruins look good. I mean, clearly, I talk about them every episode, but um, they're humming along right now. They're up 4 nothing on the Flyers. Like, that's a complete lock. The Flyers are garbage, and the Flyers are dead to me. Um, but... Uh, the Seattle Kraken is worth noting because these guys are two points out of first place in the division. On Saturday night, again, in the chalkboard app, we were absolutely humming along with this with this uh, game. They were up 6-1, like seven minutes into the game, or 6 nothing even. They pulled the goalie. I mean, Chicago is terrible, clearly. And Jonathan Taves, I, I will note too, I'm all over the map right now in the NHL segment, but Jonathan Taves released today that he is going to, or maybe he said maybe a change of scenery is what I need. So it, it sounds like Jonathan Taves is going to be out the door. Patrick Kane most certainly is going to be out the door. The, the, the Blackhawks are in full-on tank mode now. But the Seattle Kraken are really surprising people. Um, they're shooting at like at 11.2%. So their shooting percentage, 11.2%, is the highest in NHL history. Nobody has ever finished a season that high. The highest in the NHL's history is like a 10.3% shooting percentage, which was in the um, NHL's uh, shortened season. I think it was the Montreal Canadiens. So, obviously, you know, if you're a mathematician or a statistician, statistician, you would say that the Seattle Kraken are about to regress, but Martin Jones has been fantastic, and these guys keep winning. They got Tampa tonight. Um, but the Seattle Kraken, I mean, this team is, is, is just on a heater and I, I just, I can't fully buy into them staying at the top of that division, but it's been phenomenal. The Ottawa Senators get absolutely spanked on Saturday night, seven, nothing and an embarrassing loss. Brady Kachuk came out and said he was fully embarrassed. DJ Smith, not happy. They're in St. Louis tonight. That's where Brady Kachuk grew up. 
I'm debating on the uh, the Ottawa Senators money line. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I will tell you guys in the chalkboard app. I'm going to do it. But the Ottawa Senators need some help, and obviously they don't have their goaltending. It doesn't seem like Josh Norris is going to be back this week. That's 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 huge for them. That's a player in their top six. But I don't think it's their forwards. I mean, obviously they need some scoring and a seven nothing loss, and just. But I do believe that they need some reinforcements on the back end. And Forsberg and Talbot is just it's just as mediocre as a tandem as you're going to get in the NHL. But they need some help on the back end, and I think that this deadline in six weeks is they're going to make a move. And there's been rumors around Matt Dumba, uh, Ivan Provorov, Gabrikov. I mean, obviously Jacob Chikrin sounds like he's going to move. John Klingberg's an option. It's going to be interesting to see what direction. Uh, the Ottawa Senators go, but the Ottawa Senators aren't the only team, you know, looking for a defenseman. And the scary part about it is an Ottawa Senators team, an Ottawa Senators, Ottawa Senators organization, if I'm another GM in the league, this is a team that you might be able to take advantage of because of their plethora of prospects. I mean, they've got a ton of young guys in their lineup now, but even, you know, they've just been drafting so well and so high for so long that they've got, you know, this Ridley Greek kick, Tyler Boucher, who they took 10th overall. They're probably going to have another, you know, top 15, top 10 pick again this year if things don't get straightened out. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, you know, if they can pull the trigger on with some prospects is Bernard Docker, um, Lassie Thompson. They've got a lot of young guys. It's crazy. So they're a team that, you know, is certainly in the in the mix to make a move. But there's a lot of teams, like I, like I was previously stating, there's a lot of teams in the NHL looking for defensemen. So I do think that the asking price is going to remain high for these defensemen. Connor McDavid. He could just sit out the rest of the year. He's still be a point-per-game guy. He's already surpassed the 82-point mark at the 44-game mark in the NHL season. Uh, he's just an absolute monster, continues to be. But it's an interesting discussion uh, Connor McDavid had after the game. Um, on Saturday night, and he was kind of against the shootout in the NHL, and I'm with him. He thinks it's kind of a clownish way to end the NHL an NHL game, and I, I, I've kind of been, you know, on this side of things for a while now. But you know, I wish I had someone to talk about the shootout with. You know, what do you think? So if I had a co-host, so what do you think about the shootout? Um, I. <laughs> For me right now, even watching Zegers like these last couple of years, it's almost unfair to uh, to the goaltenders. Like it really is. Like Zegers goes in like 0.1 miles per hour and just stick handles as fast as possible. And like, what do you do as a goaltender? It's uh, you know, I, I think the three on three is obviously ideally you just go five on five overtime. But as we see in the playoffs, like that can go like six extra periods. So I do think that the three on three is wide open enough that if you did. You know, three on three, and you did you know ten minute periods. Like, there's nobody coming on after these games. Um, I do think that there's there's a more natural way to the game of hockey. I the shootout is just so odd to me. It's like ending an NBA game with a dunk contest. Ending, <laughs> ending a NFL game with a one on one quarterback receiver versus DB. Like, it's just it just seems like such a situation that's so odd. Um. Anyway, I won't get into it too much, but it's an interesting topic. It's an interesting, um, you know, idea that, that Connor McDavid brought up, saying that he wasn't a huge fan of the shootouts. And I mean, I don't think it's going to be on the you know list of priorities for the for the board of, of governors to talk about. But who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe you know that you're 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 the best player in the league is bringing it up. But I wonder how what you guys think of the shootout. Do you like it? Do you want to keep it? Bo Horvat. 
Vancouver Canucks, I feel bad for Bruce Boudreau. He's obviously going to get fired here soon, and they're they're going to trade their captain, Bo Horvat. It's been a right off season for Vancouver. They've been such a dumpster fire. Um, just the you know the definition of mediocre. Um, but poor have poor have a, I don't know if I've talked about it in, in in episodes past, but he's going to get moved. Um, captain for the uh, Vancouver Canucks, and it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. Um, I think you know he's a five million dollar cap hit, so it's really something that you know might be able to slither into a lineup if you send the right pieces back. And I'm looking at Boston, going, hmm, that would be a nice piece. Um, but what's the asking price? It's probably going to be an arm and a leg for a guy like Bo Horvat. Uh, obviously, in a contract year, and he's you know top five in goal scoring, so it's going to be a team to monitor for sure. They'll be selling some pieces. Just finally, in the hockey world, Nella Lupsanova. Lupusanova, Nella Lupusanova, the 14-year-old Slovak. Now, if you haven't seen this girl's highlights, you have to go check them out. So the, 18, the World 18 Championship was just held in the in the uh, women's side of things. So obviously, the, the men's World Junior was hosted, then the women's followed. And this 14-year-old from Slovakia did the Michigan, did an in-between-the-legs top-shelf goal, and then also an, like a, just a batted out of the air after she danced through the whole team goal. Like She is a freak. And she might be the best female hockey player I've seen, and she's 14. Like, there's nobody else in, in sports, or sorry, in the female game that is pulling off these, you know, trick slash, you know, highlight reel plays game after game. And, and yeah, like I said, she's 14, so that she's, you know, I had to give her a shout-out. Just an incredible tournament from a 14-year-old Slovakian, and she's, her her hands are disgusting. She She's going to be a phenom for years to come. Um, and so that kind of reverts back to the fact that whatever they're doing at the grassroots level in, in, in Czechia and Slovakia, it's working. So fantastic job. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move into quarter four and it's the PGA tour. And yes, folks, I forgot to submit my pick last week and it was Tom Kim. And you know what? It worked out very well for me because Tom Kim missed the cut. So I would have received $0, but now I still have Tom Kim in the back pocket and received zero dollars, and plus the top guy in the pool only received a hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, with my win of two point three million dollars in that first week with John Rahm, I'm still sitting pretty. Um, Siwoo Kim ends up winning the Sony Open. Um, chips in on the 17th hole, par three it was an unreal chip in, and then birdies the 18th. Hayden Buckley, who had led after the third round into the fourth round, didn't get things done. Um, ended up parring the uh, the last hole to come solo second. So. It was an exciting tournament. I mean, the Hawaii is tough, and, and even in the California, I like I like the golf when I can get up and I'm starting my morning and I'm kind of getting to work. And at eight nine o'clock, there's there's guys in the course like that. To me, is 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 when I really like to to watch. Um, obviously, it's in prime time. It's a little bit later on in the day, but now we move to California. The American Express Open. They play three courses this week, ladies and gentlemen, so this is important for all you one-and-done players. They play the Stadium Course, which is a Pete Dye course, La Quinta, which is like the Country Club course, and then a Jack Nicholas course called the Nicholas course. So there's three different courses that these guys play. Um, and uh, and there's a cut after three days. So it's only a it's only, it's a three-day cut. So uh, so the, the field will reduce after three days of play. So just after initial research, Brian Harmon jumps off the page. I don't know if he's a guy worth taking, but he third last year, eighth the year prior, and 21st in 2020. So three kind of top 20 finishes in the last three years. That's the best, um, really, of everybody. Um, Siwoo Kim, coming off a win, came 11th here, and he won it two years ago. 
Do you think Siwoo Kim can go back to back? Patrick Cantlay, ninth here last year, second the year prior, didn't play in 2020 and ninth in 2019. So Patrick Cantlay, great history here. Will Zalatoris has only played one year, but he came sixth. John Rahm, obviously I can't use, but for the John Rahm, usually he came 14th. He's also had a win and a sixth place. Um, Scotty Scheffler, solo third and a 25th. Um, but Siwoo Kim really jumps off the page to me. 11th and first, coming off a win, coming off a lot of confidence. Might be a guy worth looking at. Um, like I said, Patrick Cantley. I don't know if Patrick Cantley is going to be worth using here. Maybe I might ride Siwoo Kim, a back to back, riding ride high. Depends on how hard he's partying. I mean, Brian Harmon clearly three top twenties in the last three years looks okay. Um, let's go to the true strokes gained. Um, so you've got to play around. I'm on data golf right now. Um, I'll remind you guys that that's what I've been using to kind of look. Oh, clearly, it didn't work last week. Uh, oh, we got Cam Young back in the mix this week. Cam Young, I'm saving Cam Young. I really like him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun tournament. So like I said, three rounds, three different courses, and there's a cut after um, the Saturday. But I'm looking at Brian Harmon, John Rahm, and Siwoo Cam. Those are some guys that I'll probably throw some money on. Um, maybe a John Rahm top 10. We'll see what, well, we'll see what the odds are looking like early in the week here. Um, Siwoo Kim, Siwoo Kim, like, I don't, see, I never really know what, like, guys, Siwoo Kim, obviously, from Korea, like, what's he doing for his celebration? Like, is he full sending it? But, like, good form, clearly. Um, wow, you can get plus 3,300 on Siwoo. John Rom's plus 650. I'm sorry, but those, like, anything lower than, like, plus 1,000 is just not even worth looking at. Plus 650. That is fucking outrageous. Um, let's look at the top finishes here. Um, so we'll go to John Rom to come top 10 is minus 105. Crazy. Tony Finau, another guy uh, that might be worth riding here. But Siwoo Kim seems like... Siwoo Kim. 11th and first place the year prior. And he's plus 260 to come top 10. Plus 125 top 20. Plus 170 top 20. Hmm. Anyway, there's some good odds. We'll continue to monitor that. Uh, I'll give out some best bets on Wednesday. Uh, you might want to fade me this week because last week was a shit show. But but anyway, folks, um, I've got some plans coming for a new studio. Uh, I did want to mention that at the end of the podcast. Um, and, um, you know, obviously the, the hunt will continue to kind of spark up as the studio, as the, as the studio gets moved. And, um, yeah, we've got some news coming. Um, I really do appreciate you guys, you know, the diehards that fight through these monologues um, and fight through the dog days. It feels like it's kind of the dog days of the intermission right now. There's going to be some changes being made, um, kind of in no man's land with a lot of the venture, but you guys are the best for tuning in and listening to my dry voice talk about sports. But listen, I appreciate you guys. Make sure you're on all the socials and, um, you know, we'll get things fired up for a big weekend and a big week in sports. We'll get the bets frying on the trap board app. We'll get things firing on socials. I appreciate you guys. Everybody have a great week.